Today's date is March 10th, 2023, and this is episode 12. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil he took Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off of this open drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil get told jesus you can't have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast. Thank God it's Friday. The weekend is officially here. My name is Ron Johnston. I'm here with Flightworks Mary and special guest co-host, Punky Puster. You heard that right. And <laughs> tonight, giving her testimony, Bard's family's very own Jenny Lynn Downs. Let's say hello to everybody. Let's start off with Flightworks. Mary, are you with us tonight, Mary? <laughs> uh, let's go over to Punky. Punky, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing, Ron? Doing fantastic. fantastic. 
Thanks for having me on. I'm always so privileged to be here. This is such an amazing show. And what you guys all here are doing is just amazing. In case you didn't know that already. Well, thank you. It's a privilege to have you here. Oh, yeah. My flamethrower. We got to hear that one more time, I think. Crispy tacos. (laughs) That's what's on the menu tonight. Crispy tacos. And uh, uh, tell us once again about your podcast, Casting Lots, Unschooling Scholars, Casting Lots. You do Saturday night with your husband, Matt, which is awesome, Mr. Puster, and uh, Unschooling Scholars as well, which is a homeschooling podcast for those who don't know, which is absolutely awesome and beautiful. My kids are out of public schools. I yanked them out of public schools two years ago and put them into an all-Christian school. So we're not homeschooling, but it's the next best thing, I think. And, um, but I do find your podcast very helpful because there's a lot of things in there that I've learned that I can do at home because even when they get out of school, they're still learning. They're my little, they're my disciples. They're my little Jesus ninjas. So we got a lot to learn yet. They're still young. So, uh, we've picked up a couple things for your podcast. So, so thank you for having that, but, but please tell everyone who's not familiar with that, um, a little bit about that and also what days, times. Yeah, so. Um, we do the unschooling scholars, which is the homeschooling podcast. Like you said, we do that on Wednesdays at six central time. Um, and that's for an hour from six to seven. And, you know, we talk about different things. I know when I first started homeschooling, I had no idea like where to start. It just seems very overwhelming. So, um, you know, I just put out the different curriculums that you can use. You know, there's a lot of Christian based curriculums that you can use. Um, you, you can do what they call unschooling, which is, you know, no workbooks and you're just, you know, the different hands-on activities you can do. Um, there's like a classical curriculum you can do. There's just so many different, uh, venues, I guess, to, to teach your kids at home. And the main, thing is just getting your kids out of those public schools you know like you said you have your kids in a a christian school which is amazing because obviously they're not learning all the trash that they're putting in these public schools and that's the main thing so um that's that one and then we do the one like you said with matt matt and i would do it on saturday nights at 10 p.m central time um and that one we just kind of talk about current events or conspiracy theories things like that and you know Matt and I we just go back and forth on so many different things you know like oh we should do a show we should talk about that so we started doing that and you know, it's been fun you know and he gave a little bit of his kind of testimony with being you know a military veteran and um he kind of opened up about that which you don't get often so when you do you listen <laughs> so um it, that's been a lot of fun too and of course you know i like to focus you know we, we open in prayer we close in prayer and um you know everything truly like homeschooling the foundation is god is christ you know that's what we're teaching our kids and and i like to keep the um the saturday night show kind of focused on that too and what we can do as christians and um you know it's just it's been amazing so far last week we had well this past wednesday we had to take the day off because i've just been so busy but um I will be back next week for those who listen in on that show. So that's about it. Awesome. We love them. Well, thanks. We love them. Guys, if you have not caught Punky's show, Casting Lots, her podcast, please do. It is worth every moment. Uh, Flightworks Mary, did you come back to us? Are you here? She's trying. 
Well, Jenny Lynn, you are giving your testimony tonight. Hello. How are you, my friend? Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. So glad you're here. I am too. I'm a little anxious, but I know that you guys will get me through it. <laughs> That's right. I want to thank you uh, first for coming on and sharing your testimony and just thank you for just being here. You're such a blessing. We we're so great. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. No, I'm grateful to be here. You all have been such a blessing in my life and uh, Bard's family has been a big part of me uh, coming back to Christ and, and moving forward. And you guys have been such a great support. I just want to keep going and share and, and keep you guys around. You're good for my self-esteem. <laughs> it is helpful. It is. And I've known you for a while, you know, and you're just, you're just a big ball of love. That's, you know, the, the best way I can describe you. You know, you just, you want to help so many people and you've got a really great heart. And I wish I could have met you at Bart's Fest. I didn't even know you were there, but this next one, we're all going to get together and we're going to have. Oh, I walked by you like a hundred times <laughs> and probably should have gotten in and said hello, but you know, you're always working with the kids and I, you know, I, I kind of didn't want to invade space and. I get stupid that way. <laughs> well, this time will yeah. be different. It will be completely. So many people to see and hug and I can't wait. Is everybody able to hear Punky? Okay. I'm getting a little static from Punky. Punky. Um, everybody hear Punky? Okay. Can I get a five, five Punky, on Punky? Static. static from Lennon. Still static? static. Yeah, a little static. Punky. Punky. <laughs> Yeah, she's a little staticky. And Flightworks, are you with us? Flightworks, that's static too. Punky, I may have you do some uh, duty tonight, if that's okay with you. Sure. I'm, I'm going to do, uh, do, I'm gonna do our opening prayer, prayer here tonight before we get into the testimony. I'm not sure if Mary will be able to pray us out. So if it's okay, I'm going to have um, you pray us out if Mary doesn't come back in. And I will have, um, I'll talk about it in the announcements, but I'll have everyone tag you for any prayers that they have any prayer requests, if that's okay with you. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Mary, one more time. Are you with us? Mary's had a heck of a time all week. We've went through, uh, I think, two or three sound checks, so we just could not get anything right. And the only thing that really worked with Mary is her calling in, which isn't working now. Imagine that. This is a curse of Podbean, spiritual warfare from Podbean coming at us, but it's not going to stop us. So it won't even slow us down. We're going to go right into prayer right now, and shortly after that, we're going to do our testimony, okay? All right, everybody, if you could please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together here tonight for Godcast. May you and only you receive all the glory for everything that happens here tonight. We ask, Father, for your help to, to help focus our hearts so that we are not distracted by the things of this world. Everything that's going on is uh, truly terrible, and please, Lord, 
help bring our focus on you and your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for Jenny giving her testimony here tonight. It is our prayer that the work you have done in her life will lead others towards you, Father. We are thankful for the privilege of being part of a family for everyone that is here and has joined us here tonight. We ask, Father, if there is anyone here tonight that is not saved, we ask that you show them the need for your son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior. Please bless us, Lord, and guide us to bring people closer to you tonight. That is our prayer. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What do you have to say, Mary? She's, you know, Mary, she's just talking and talking and talking. It's a shame we can't hear. Okay, Jenny Lynn, uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand the floor over to you. This is your night. Um, Punky, Jenny has given us permission to go ahead and interrupt her anytime we want to with questions. Please do. And she's also told us that if she gets off target, that we can go ahead and put some blinders on her and get her back on the path. <laughs> I'm very ADD, you know? <laughs> I well, am aren't, very... aren't we all, you know, chasing squirrels left and right is kind of what we do nowadays, isn't it? It is, you yep. know, and, and in this process. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You can hear me, but now we lost. <laughs> now we lost Jenny. I don't know what you did, but as soon as you popped on, Jenny is gone, and we lost her. Oh my gosh, we got to get Jenny back. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Lord, she doesn't come we're just back, lift this up to you right now in the name of Jesus. We pray against all this technology crap, Lord. We just reject that in the name of the lord jesus christ we just pray that everything will just work in the order that it was meant to work tonight in jesus name amen and jenny's back okay someone give me like a five five am i okay you're a five five all the way and uh jenny lynn i don't know let's you with try us? again can you hear me yeah we're gonna try and um get away from doing a sound check the first 15 minutes of Godcast, uh, starting with episode 13. Uh, <laughs> Mike has been pushing me all week. By the way, Mike's not here. He's out at the talent show tonight. Our kids have a talent show tonight. So um, he's the sound guy at our church. So he's doing the talent show tonight. But Mike has been pressuring me all week to Zoom. And like, you know, last week when he joked about I kept asking him, are you going to sing the song? Are you going to sing the song? He said, yes, Ron, you told me 16 times I got to sing a song. Well, he's been doing that to me all week with Zoom. So next week we should be Zooming. We'll do a half hour pre-show and all this stuff will be worked out before we get here. So for those that are in chat, for those that are listening, thank you for coming with a little bit of grace and understanding um, <laughs> our issues here. Uh, I'm so sorry. Hopefully I'm okay. I'm just, I just have my speaker phone on, so I might get some echo. And if that happens, somebody just let me know in chat. That's okay. Oh, Jenny, before you go into your testimony, just a couple announcements. Um, again, just like I mentioned, Godcast is your place of prayer. So if anybody has any prayers, be them spoken or unspoken, please tag Mary, chat those in, in our chat and Mary will pray over you at the end of the show. Also next week, big week, just like tonight, big week. Next week, Wade Remington. 
Wade Remington coming to give his testimony. Wade's in the house. Wade Remington. Man, if that name ain't country, huh? I tell you what, he, I know that boy was a buckaroo back in the day. He had to have been with that name. I thought he made it up at first. <laughs> because it's, you know. That's his, real, that's his real name. I know. He's not messing around. I know, right? And also tonight, other podcasts right here on Podbean. We've got Con Lee and then Bards FM goes on, Kilted Christian and Fishers of Men. So there's absolutely no need for anybody to go anywhere tonight. Stay right here on Podbean. Fall asleep with your phone in your hand. That's just how we do it. All right. Those are the announcements. Uh, Punky, Mary, anything else that you have to say before Jenny gets started? Oh, I did want to mention that um, when we talk about boosting, we're not yeah. talking about the shot. Never. Who knows that? <laughs> yeah. We would never <laughs> talk about, about taking that thing. Microphone amplifire. So it's nothing about the shot. It's nothing about any kind of clothing attire that I may or may not be wearing. It's about the microphone. Just a disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yes. And Wonderful. Shots. All right, Jenny Lynn. All right, let's try this because I've been kicked off a couple of times already. Uh, uh, we love you, girl. If, if we lose you, we'll just wait and we'll get you pop back on. No problem. Back on, no problem. All right. All right. It sounds good. Uh, I don't know where to start. I don't know. To, to we start, you know, once upon a time, there was a little girl that was born in Milford, Connecticut. No, I'm kidding. Um, That's perfect. <laughs> she sounds like a cute as a button this little thing here uh, <laughs> well yeah i'm a 70s child uh i was born in 1972 uh i just hit my 50th birthday this year um i i grew up in a, a single family home mostly my my mom uh was a single mom i have an older sister she's seven years older than me um my my parents were separated by the time I was two, and I don't exactly with my father or remember much about my father in my younger years of life. Um, he had moved away. Um, he was a drinker and was not exactly very um, faithful to my mother. And so in retrospect, you know, it was a good thing for my mother to be free of a lot of drama. Um, in my younger years, I didn't really take into much account what it was, you know, it was me, my mom, and my sister, and to me that was normal and everything was great. Rut roll. Oh. Still with us, Jenny? She's in and out. There she is. All right. She's back. Maybe. Well. We'll wait for her. is giving me a hard time. Have it keeps kicking me out. We got you. Uh, so, Everybody uh, grab for the Jenny. sake of keep going, I don't know. Hopefully, I won't get kicked out a hundred times. This is going to be on and off, on and off. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was me, my mom, and my sister. Uh, my mom had lost a child before I was born to a congenital heart defect. Um, her name was Debbie. She She died. Um, when she was two and a half, my mom, um, and, and so for many years, it was just me, my mom and my sister, uh, I had 
uh, my mom always took us to church. We went to church every Sunday. I was, uh, grew up Methodist. Um, and we lived in the center of town in an apartment building where uh, I could just easily walk to church. I was in the choir. I was an, an acolyte where I would, uh, you know, light the candles and do the offering. And, and I would do pageants and, and do the living crash. And really involved in church was something that my mom always had us involved in. Um, I was a kind of awkward kid you know, very spacey, very ADD. Uh, I talked to myself a lot. I kind of lived in my own imagination. And, uh, and sometimes I look back at that, you know, I had a lot of imaginary friends and I, I look back at that and wonder if, like, who were you talking to all the time? <laughs> you know, and, and I think back on it and I know that, uh, you know, from what my mom had taught me, anytime I was scared, every time I was nervous or, or anything I ever needed, um, you know, she would tell me to pray and, and ask Jesus and he would, he would always be there with me. And I think uh, I took that very, very literal and, and would talk to him constantly as a child. Um, and I'd gone through a couple of traumas as a young girl uh, with uh, family, friends and borderline Oh, I think we lost her again. Jenny, hello. Jenny, hello. It's it's. I don't know why it keeps not. No. Okay, you're here. I don't know what else to do to get it to stop knocking me. It might be just the service or something if you're on your cell phone. <laughs> you know. Podbean. It is what it is. We just keep going. You're here right. now. We're gonna grab you. We get, we're grabbing you. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I, I had a pretty much normal, you know, seventies, eighties childhood. Uh, you know, I had, um, I, I had moved when I was in second grade, and it was in the center of town, and I, I loved it. I, I loved. Being on the green, I loved being close to the the library. I had good friends, and and um, I knew every Sunday after church, I would go to my grandmother's, and my grandmother would make us dough boys, which is basically fried dough. <laughs> and and all my cousins, all my family would be there. And even though my father wasn't really in my life much when I was younger, I had his his mother and all my cousins, and they were a great support to my mother. And, and, you know, instrumental in, in my life um, in, in just being stable. I think a lot of times there was a lot of instability around me, but I was really oblivious to it because of the resources that I had, which was, you know, obviously my mother, but as a single mom, you know, a lot of times you're pulled in a million different directions and I had church and I had Girl Scouts and I had my grandmother and and I had some really good friends. And by the time um, I was in sixth grade, my friend um, and they decided that they wanted to buy a house together and it was kind of devastating.
All right, her call ended. Be patient. She'll be right back with us. I don't know. Am I on? You're on. It just keeps going back and forth. It's okay. And you know what, it Jenny? Just knocks me right I really feel like God has something really powerful to do through you tonight. So we're just going to be persistent and we're not going to let the enemy take control of this. So. <laughs> It's awful because my anxiety about starting my own podcast is exactly this. Because I I don't get kicked off. We'll just come back on. We're here. That's it. I think I've already been kicked off eight times since we got on. But yeah, all right. That's okay. We're relentless here. Lord, keep it going. Because in the end, you know, when I was thinking about what points in my life, things that I wanted to talk about, you know, I really got on my hands and knees and I said, God, this all needs to be about your glory and and why i want to tell my testimony and that's and that's the movement that 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 god has put through me in my life so somehow some way regardless of my uh look squirrel moments and getting kicked off i'll get through it um so in sixth grade i moved uh which was great because we got a house but now i had um a man living in our life mom and my sister for so long All right, she's gone again. And she is back. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do to make it stop. It just keeps kicking me out. It keeps saying it logged on to other devices. It kicks me out and it says you've been logged into other devices. So it, it doesn't make much sense to me. You have other devices that around maybe? Um, no. Computer? Uh, no. Okay, notebook, anything like that? Uh, I don't even have my computer on. I mean, it's in the house charging, but I, I can't imagine it would. Can you turn the Bluetooth off on your phone? Maybe um, it'll stop trying to connect to other devices. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's see if that was it. I didn't even know it was on. All right. Oh, Ron. Woohoo! That, I bet better, be, that better be. All right, I'll say a little prayer. We're going to get. That was heart of faith, Renee's idea. <laughs> and <Chad> there. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm at sixth grade. I have this wonderful stepfather. I, I've got uh, a stepbrother. My, my, they weren't married yet when I was in sixth grade, but we moved into the house together. We moved on another side of town where the kids were a little bit tougher, and I was still playing with dolls and and climbing trees and pretending and um and, and these kids were more you know talking about older stuff you know already in middle school they were talking about sex and drugs and drinking and and smoking and and you know they were more tougher kids and it, it was rough on me I was a little uh, bullied and but you know I was the kind of kid that always felt kind of like the odd man out that I wasn't really accepted by a lot of people and it, Jenny, are you there? I see her in the circle. She's here. Well, that wasn't it. That's a shame. 
It's okay. Uh, we're going to keep going. You're just talking about being the odd man out. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was always that kind of awkward kid. I didn't really feel like I always fit in. But again, I had church and I had Girl Scouts and I had my grandmother and I loved the beach and and those things were the things that kept me going. Um, I, I graduated from, from grammar school and started high school and that's probably when a lot of depression and this feeling like the odd man out that I wasn't really accepted had kind of taken me over. I'd gone through phases of anorexia. I was kind of cutting and not really telling my mom. Uh, you know, I, I just felt kind of lost and lonely um, and and disconnected and, and not really accepted even by my peers all the time. Um, I joined the baton squad and and that was good and I was really into art and that that kept me going and so my my focus was that in high school I just wanted to be popular <laughs> and in the first couple of years of high school was really rough and I was picked on and I I would start going to parties and I would drink a lot and I would find out that everybody loved me when I was drinking and I was like the good old girl and everybody laughed at me and I was accepted so I I did ultimately become kind of like the class clown um and by my my junior year uh, I had a lot of friends I had some friends who were uh basically on the football team I think I had more boyfriends than I had girlfriends and which I always thought was odd I never thought I was pretty and most boys would never take much account into me but um I would find out years later that they all kind of had secret crushes on me and ain't that just the way um I I had gotten to relationships um at a young age I I was 15 and I felt like uh you know all, all my friends around me were had boyfriends and they were having sex and, and I would sit there and pray to God you know God I wish uh I wish I had a boyfriend and then I would get a boyfriend and I'd be just awfully afraid of all those feelings and what it meant and so I I started to realize that I had a lot more hang-ups about not having a lot of um relationships <laughs> but I, I felt like, uh, you know, it was very difficult to have a relationship, even a normal, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend kind of relationship young in my life, because I didn't really have that much to base it on. You know, my stepfather had come into my life a little bit later, and God bless the fact that he did, and he was the world's best stepdad, uh, and taught me many, many things. But I, I felt like I, I was always kind of seeking love. And um, I was 15. I was dating a 21-year-old. And I kind of had bad experiences with him. Um, kind of like a date rape situation. And I stayed in that situation for a while because I felt like, you know, being my first experience, I wanted to have some sort of connection and felt like I could make it into something even though it was nothing. And, and that kind of started a snow.
it started a, a, a snowball effect for me for bad relationships. And uh, so by the time uh, I had graduated from high I had met a boy uh, who was just wonderful in my eyes. He had was friends of my family, and uh, he he had a big Irish family. And his parents were literally from Ireland, and uh, he he was just the cutest thing and everything that I thought that I would ever want in a, in a boy. And I I ended up uh, pregnant. Uh, right out of high school and I was supposed to go off to college I was going off to a community college it wasn't very bright but it, uh, as far as getting into a regular college but I was hoping to maybe be able to get in with uh, graphic arts and have a career eventually well I lost my job I had crashed my car got into a car accident and I was pregnant and I freaked out and I was 18 years old and I, I had an, an abortion I might have been 19 and um, maybe three months later I find out that I'm pregnant again with my son Patrick and I had to go back to the family and, and tell them all that I'm having a baby and then I had to kind of tell them all why I was adamant on having this baby because at that time I had never been really pro-choice or pro-life but I just felt like that was a personal decision that nobody really could could make for you but having gone through what I had gone through I said I, I, I will never do this again it had really traumatized me and and I'd already struggled with a lot of depression and and grief and, and feeling lonely and, and I, I said you know I, I gonna, I'm gonna have this baby God wants me to have this baby I'm gonna have this baby uh, and I was on birth control it's not about antibiotics I don't know but uh, yeah that baby was meant to be born and that was my Patrick and he was born in 1991 and uh, I stayed with his dad his, his dad was a little bit of a drinker I think I fell more in love with his family than I fell in love with um, him uh, he had a very large family he was the youngest of eight big Irish you know and his, his father even the day I met him looked at me and he's like what are you and I'm like what do you mean what am I and <laughs> I'm like I, I hate to tell you but I'm like an English Protestant and he's like Patrick she's a bloody Protestant you know and <laughs> in but but they loved me and they took me in as one of theirs and um, it was a little rough having the the youngest boy having his own boy they kind of wanted to keep my son all to themselves but uh, they're still a good strong Irish Catholic family that I thought was going to be my life but by the time my son was a year old my uh, my ex Patrick had told me that he wanted to go off into the army and so he he did <laughs> he went off the boot camp um on halloween day and um two weeks later he gives me a call from boot camp and i let him know that i was pregnant again and i was pregnant with my my second child 
and um, we were supposed to get married. I started calling the priest and, and, and started planning things and said, you know, I'll just, I guess I'll become an army wife and we'll have the kids and everything will be good and we've got family and, and life will be good. Um, but, you know, he came home for Christmas break and right away... Right away, uh, we were supposed to tell his parents that we were getting married. And I went to go look for him that night. It was a Christmas party, and I found him in the mud at his friend's house, drunk off of his rear. And I had decided right then and there, um, considering my history with my father and his his drinking and, and kind of not having him in my life, I wasn't going to have three children to raise I was already going to have two children to raise and at the time I was living in my sister's house in the basement apartment and he only lived right around the block from me and I walked over there and I told his whole family that I was pregnant and they all told us that we should get married and like now you want us to get married but now we're not getting married so um it it, it was a rough go and and he stayed in the army um and he eventually got a, a um, he withdrew from the army. He, he got a, a, what do you call that? A, a, a discharge. Discharge. Uh, discharged, family discharged for family situation. He got out early. And he came home and we tried to work it out together, but it didn't really work out too well. And it devastated me. Because I never wanted any of this in my life. I didn't. I came from a broken family. I didn't want stepchildren. I didn't want step families. I didn't want half brothers, half sisters. I didn't want any of it, and, and it really devastated me. And I drank a lot. And I, whenever the kids were at his dad's, I was out at the bar and I was drinking and I was trying to find whatever I thought was gonna make me happy. Um, at the time, I was also working. As a nurse's aide, um, I, I managed to go back to school uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter, Amanda, um, my second, and uh, I became a nursing assistant, and I started working at a nursing home, because I've always done well with, with children and um, the elderly, and I, I thought, well, maybe I can become a nurse eventually. This would be a good way for me to make money, and I could work nights, and I can get people to watch the kid during the day, and it'll it'll be fun um, at night while I watch them during the day, and it'll be great. Um, and then around uh, nineteen ninety five or so, you know, my ex Patrick started dating a girl that I knew from high school, and she's one of those girls that I've known her since sixth grade. And she was on the baton squad. She was the captain of the squad when I was underneath her on the squad. She, you know, had the cutest boyfriend. She was Miss Popularity. She was quiet. She was petite, you know. She's kind of one of those girls that you secretly hate, <laughs> but you love and you envy, which is not good, but right, yeah. what we do in high school. Yeah. Um, 
and and I was just beside myself with jealousy and, and I, I couldn't deal with the fact that this girl was hanging out with my children on the weekends and playing with my kids and taking over kind of as a mom and granted I was a young mom at that point I was around 22 years old and uh, I started dating a boy from a football team he was big 360 pound four foot six right guard on a semi-pro football team in in the Milford Indians which was a like a, a local semi-pro football team and one of my girlfriends was hanging out with the whole football team and dating one of them and and this guy just came along basically because I was lonely and depressed and he liked me and it didn't really matter what I really thought I was always looking for somebody who would just love me and it would mistake but this is what I'm gonna be leading up to in life but um so I started dating him and and he ended up being bad news he ended up having a, a record um he ended up having uh, identifications IDs from all over the country I, I found letters and and things that just made me question who this guy really was but um, I was lonely and delusional and, and jealous of my ex and, and lost and thinking that, you know, I have this partial family, but I'm doing it all on my own. And uh, um, I got really depressed. We would argue and, and fight me and this guy about the situation. And he was using and abusing me for money at the time. I was on Section 8. And I was working, but I also had welfare because I was a single mom struggling. And I, I, I tried to kick, he was at my house and I tried to kick him out and I just got really depressed and it was probably my first real suicide attempt. And I ended up in the hospital getting my stomach pumped. And luckily enough, I had already had a counselor and they let me go. And, you know, the counselor knew they knew that I was in good hands after I left the hospital, but my ex was in the family. His big Irish family were extremely worried about the safety of my children. Um, so, you know, my ex comes up to me and he says, well, I'm going to take the kids up to see my sister in the Catskills for the weekend. So I'll pick them up on Thursday. And it was around Halloween. And so I'm like, that's fine. We'll we'll do Halloween, and the next morning you could pick them up. And that night, I, I took the kids out. My daughter was dressed up as Baby Bop, um, and, and my son was dressed up as a little skeleton. And I grinded my teeth and walked around the neighborhood with my ex and the kids. It was the last big family moment that we had uh, doing trick-or-treating. And the next day he came and he picked up my kids and uh, he, he didn't bring the car seat. And I said, you know, where in the hell is the car seat? So I'm only going around the block. I'm going to mom's. Don't worry about it. it it's, it's at my sister's house, which was also around the block. We all lived within like one second of each other. And I said, I don't care if it's two seconds down the road or if it's half an hour. It don't matter. You need to always have this car seat. You can't put this baby in a car without a car seat. And so uh, I gave him mine, I put it in, and I, I kissed the kids. 
And I got in the house and I cried and I cried. And I, I remember calling my mom and I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm upset. And, you know, and I was still with this big doofus of a boyfriend uh, from the football team. And she and we were supposed to go to a football game. And she goes, go to the football game. Enjoy it. He's take, you know, Patrick's taking the kids on vacation. He's going to see his aunt. Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. You're just, you know, having a mom moment. And so fast forward, we go on this football trip and my kids are supposedly in the Catskills and um, I get a, I get home that night and, and my neighbor's there and she's going, you need to go to the hospital. Your, your daughter, my daughter Amanda was in the hospital. There was a car crash. Oh. And my, um, my ex, Patrick, his girlfriend, had put her in the car, in the front seat of the car without the car seat, I took the lap belt and put it around her and, and wrapped the shoulder belt around the back of the car, the seat of the car. How old was she, Jenny? She was two. Okay. Two and a half. Um, oh. Ironically, I was 23 and she was two and a half, which it's just ironic because my mom had lost a two-year-old when she was 23 different causes but very weird um they were in a crash they were she was going to see her father um on on the eastern turnpike she was driving she veered across the road she was veered off onto the left side completely off the other side of the road it hit a, a rock hit a pole hit a tree until um and eventually somebody found them and my daughter was basically pronounced dead on sight they resuscitated her and put her on uh, life support and, and you know this happened like at one in the afternoon which was ironic because i was literally still in town but yet you know back then we didn't have cell phones and uh you know nobody could get a hold of me Nobody knew where I was. I mean, they knew that I was going out of state for the day for a football game. And and there I was. I took off and left for a football game while my daughter was getting dragged off to the hospital. But, uh, you know, I, I got there and, and it was a shock to the system. And I, I had a lot of hope at first. I didn't know really what was going on. And they let me know that she wasn't having any brain activity. And that she was basically brain dead. And so basically the next morning, uh, her, her dad had come and her grandmother had come. And uh, we made the decision to, to you know, turn off the life support, donate her organs. Uh, she was a really rare blood type. She was AB negative, um, and and we were hoping to donate most of her organs, according to them, that you know she had too many blood transfusions to be able to do it. Um, but ironically enough, her her kidneys did end up going to an elder grandfather in like his sixties. I say elder at the time because I was young. <laughs> Not that sixties is elder, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, not no. I get, um, but I always get stuck on that, 
I get stuck on that a lot. I get stuck on the fact that, you know, I just turned her, turned her off. I mean, they let me hold her. They tried to take her off life support. And when I held her, I, I just felt like she was already gone. She just felt so empty and lifeless. And, uh, you know, you're 20, 23 years old and you're in the hospital and what are you going to do? You know, you, you just, it, it comes to you moment to moment and it, it was literally devastating. But what was more devastating was to find out that my ex was trying to take my children away from me for custody and they never actually went to the Catskills. And she had taken, and they should. She took my daughter to go visit her father, and my ex was off doing um, some service for the church, for the school, because that's how we paid for my son's Catholic school. And uh, I was just livid, and, and even my ex, we'll call her mother-in-law, had walked right up to me, and she, and she said to me, don't worry, you know, we'll let you come see Patrick whenever you want, and yeah. I almost killed her right there in the, in the, in the hospital, they had to dose me up, um, but needless to say, um, the, the next day, um, I, I went and, and found somebody who will help me, get my son back because I couldn't see my son. I didn't know if he knew if how she had died or what had happened. But um, I just wanted to see my son and they told me I can go over there and I could see them him, but I couldn't take him. And you know, at that point they used to tell you that possession is nine tenths of the law. And since we never had a formal custody agreement, we were never married that he had the right to, to have him there. And um, if I wanted him back, I had to go to court. So I did. And I went to a judge and I went immediately to a judge and said that, you know, he was in immediate physical danger because of what had happened to my daughter. So, you know, who do you think, who do you think is, my kid is in safer hands right now. Should he be with his mother or should he be with his father when, you know, they didn't even have the common sense to put my daughter in a car seat. So... Uh, basically, that week was the worst week of my life. Um, I had got the the paperwork from the judge where I could go back and I could just pick up my son. And then we would follow up with court after that. The, the, the judge gave it to me. But at the same time, I was going back through everything. And I still had this stupid, bad criminal boyfriend that I was with. And I just told him, you know, you have to go. And as I was telling him that he had to go, and he's like, no, you know, you love me, and this, this, and that. And I'm like, no, you know what, I just lost a child. And I, I only have one left, and I have to do everything that I can in my life to protect him now. And, and I, can't, I can't deal with this. And you got to go. I'm sorry, but you got to go. And he basically slammed me up against the wall. And, and started pushing me around and punched me and I smacked a glass on his head and started screaming and yelling and he took off and so you know 
I got beaten up basically the day after my daughter's funeral. And, and then ended up had to go to court for domestic abuse and then had to go back to court to go get my son back into my house. And, you know, it takes a lot out of you when you're 23, <laughs> considering sure. that you weren't um, mentally kind of all there yet anyway. And, um, you know, if, if loneliness was a factor in life beforehand, it definitely had consumed me then. Hey, Jenny, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So where, um, where were you in your faith at this point? Like when this happened to your daughter and then, you know, going through this, all this custody stuff and then the abuse by the boyfriend and everything, like where were, what was your location in your faith at that time? Well, you know, there's, there's my faith and then there's church. <laughs> and I know that's kind of being weird, but I haven't quite put it all together yet. And, and the way I look at it is, you know, I had a strong um, connection with God. You know, every time I had a nightmare, anytime anything went wrong, I mean, I was praying and I was talking to God. I always had an internal dialogue with God. But you know, honestly, it, it's like today when um, I bend a knee, we were listening to Duncan and hearing that last prayer and that last story. Yeah. That I That's where I Yeah. It's okay, Jenny. We're going to wait for you. It's good. Okay. Are you back? Awesome prayer by Duncan, by the way, today. Holy smokes. I know. <laughs> yeah, my 10-year-old daughter was in tears while we were listening to that. Like, it hit her. Um, I got, yeah, I I you know, it picks awkward times to bump me out, too. Seriously. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you know, I was at this place where I was, didn't understand it. It, it. And I look back, and I knew something evil was coming. What's 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 bizarre is that? Is that? Oh God, my voice is at my voice. A couple of months before my daughter had passed away. Is it echoing for you guys, or is it a little bit? It's nothing worse than hearing your own voice at you. You know, it's not now though. You're good. All right, all right. Um, with the, a couple of months before my daughter had passed away, um, I, I'd gone to bed. It was a long night. I don't remember if I was drinking that night or not. And um, I had that big oaf of a boyfriend with me. And it was kind of like one of those dreams where you're like in twilight. You're like you're awake, but you're not awake. I can see everything in my room just the way it was. And hanging over me was this really dark, shadowy figure. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I felt like it was sucking me up into the wall and, and into the ceiling. And the closer and closer I got to it, I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I couldn't do anything. And it was like a darkness. I, I, I always tell people it was the Reaper. I don't know who really who it was. Mm -hmm. But it was coming after me. 
And the odd thing about that is when I... Lord Jesus, we just pray against this technology problem. You won't be stopped, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, Jenny. Here, point I left off. But at, at, at that point, I had fallen to the floor. And I was mind who was like a mountain in himself I don't know how I ended up on the floor and he looked right at me and he goes what the hell just happened to you he goes how did that happen I don't understand what just happened and I'm like you wouldn't believe it and I'm like I think that really did just happen that was not a dream I was lifted up and taken into some kind of darkness and thrown on the floor and and it had terrified me and at the same time after my daughter had passed away, that's when my, my mom even had said to me, and she goes, you know, we talk, me, her and I would talk all the time about the sixth sense of just kind of having that sixth sense. And, and she goes, you know, I had bought a, a bunch of presents for her for Christmas for, for my daughter, Amanda. And she goes, you know, just, just before, um, Halloween, for some reason, she felt like she got the wrong stuff or she, she, she wasn't going to need them and she took them back. Um, and then there's the, <clears throat> excuse me, then there's the moment that I just cried the last day I saw her. Like, for some reason, I didn't know, but I was emotional. And, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was angry. I was mad at God. I cursed God. But, but at the same time, I was still praying, go and help me, because I didn't really know how else to get through it. Yeah. And um, I, I'm not saying that I was, that's not exactly when I found God. <laughs> I can tell you from now that I know that he was with me, and I could see how he was with me, though at the time, I was very angry and very bitter. And, and just looking for reasons why, you know, life is really worth living. But ultimately, I had a son. I had a four-year-old whose life was shattered and was already off to not such a great start between me and his dad. And I had to stay strong for him. I couldn't give up. I wanted to give up. And I wanted to die. I mean, not... Not three months before that, I had tried to kill myself. So, yeah, it was definitely a challenge to get through. I had found um, my my brother-in-law was very connected with a lot of people in our town. And he was like, very good friends with the state representative. And, and basically, one day I got really angry and I just started writing a letter to the editor of our local newspaper. And it was telling the story of, of Amanda passing away without being in a car seat. Mm-hmm. And um, they posted it front page in the newspaper. And then after that, um, the other newspapers started to call me. And then after that, I was getting phone calls from officers from the Department of Transportation and people who worked for the National um, Highway and Traffic Safety Association. Um and, and I hooked up with my local representative, and I said, we're going to change the law. 
And see, the problem is, is oh, the enemy doesn't want this to happen. But you know what? Jesus does. So we're just going to keep going. <laughs> we don't give up. There you are. You're here. We got gotcha. you. So, um, uh, wait, yeah. What was the car seats? Um, oh, the, the law. They changed the, the law. The law is considered non-contributory negligence. And so that even though you may, your state may have a law uh, that says that you have to have a child in a car seat, if that child is hurt or injured, for legal, insurance, and criminal purposes, it's considered non-contributory negligence. So you cannot be tried criminally or charged in any type of way for not having that child in a car seat, which made absolutely no sense to me. And, and that was my goal. I wanted to change that. And the, the more I got involved into it, the more I, I spoke with... A, professionals who were teaching car seat clinics and, and car, car seat safety for years, the more I realized that education was the factor. And so I hooked up with all these people and we made a, a bill and we called it Amanda's bill. And I lobbied in Hartford to, um, it, to, to, to get that law passed. And believe me, it went through a lot of loops before it finally passed. Oh, um, we, we we passed it and signed it on uh, her birthday in oh. 1996. Awesome. Uh, and, and it changed um, the law to a mandatory education at the time of birth and um, at the doctor's offices. And um, you would have to go to an educational class if you were caught without a car seat. Um, but our goals were basically to teach the fact that most people were putting children in car seats incorrectly. And I became a certified car seat installer. And um, I went around, I put in hundreds, thousands of car seats. Um, I, I, they, they paid for me to take the class. And I went every day for a week and had to put in like a thousand hours <laughs> just to get certified. And, and I... It was my mission. I even started a coalition, even though it never really ended up going anywhere. Um, and it did start the healing process. But at the same time, in the end, you know, once the battle was over, once we won, I was still left feeling that empty hole. I, I know, I think in the end, I, I expected to feel some kind of peace in it. And that that hole would be filled but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. and so you know I was still out there drinking and you know every time my my son would would go off to his dad's I would be out partying and drinking with the rest of the kids because you know I was still only still in my early 20s. 20s and you know yeah. I was working well, at nursing home um actually I was working um in uh, home care and I was doing hospice at the time and I had to take a break for a while because it was really hard to do hospice care and you know really quick I'll tell you because I had this hospice patient and her name um, I think it was that Angelina and and she was 
she had cancer and she was dying and her family was um, from Italy and she really only spoke Italian and uh, when Amanda died I'd taken about three months off and I finally couldn't stand it anymore and I needed to do something so I went back to work and I decided that I would just take on one client and they said well you know Angelina's still alive and she wants you back she she didn't really want anybody else and I'm like all right I'll go back and the day I go back <coughs> she's staring at me pointing at me holding my hand and crying and her daughters are crying and they're all talking in Italian and I don't know what the heck is going on but she she looks right at me and she's going bambino and it beautiful I can make out and and her daughters are crying I'm like somebody needs to let me in on what's going on and she looks at me and she goes mom is saying that your daughter is a beautiful angel in heaven and I'm like oh that's so sweet thank you so much and I'm like why are you guys crying and she goes we didn't tell mom I'm like what and she goes we didn't want to upset her we didn't tell her why you took leave we just told her that you were on a personal family leave oh wow and that was truly more of a profound moment that I could have about my daughter than I had had at that moment. That's so awesome, Jane. And it, and it did bring hope because that means that, you know, she is there. Yeah. And, and that, you know, they, they do go to heaven. And I knew doing hospice patients that I, they see just such great things. You know, when you're on death's door, they've got one foot here and one foot there and, and there's so much more that they can see but um you know this was the hardest part that i thought i was going to get through so you know i need to kind of get back on track I, I was in the newspapers a lot um doing a lot of stories i was trying to fight for um stricter uh, booster seat laws the next year and i even got a call to be on uh the marino boyle show to tell my story <laughs> And, and that was fun. And then from there, uh, things started, not that they weren't already downhill, but things just started going downhill for me personally. Um, I decided that I was going to go back to uh, nursing school and get my LPN. I, d I decided, you know, when, when life destroys life. you, you're going to find ways to kick back. And um, at the time, I... I was really lonely and one night in a drunken stupor I decided to call an old friend of mine which was a boy I knew from high school who used to follow me around like a puppy dog who, who told me the first day I ever met him he looked at me in the eyes and he says I know who you are Jennifer Beckwith and one day I'm gonna marry you and I told him he was crazy little man because he was a short stocky little football player and I just, you know, just thought he was crazy. And we never really had a relationship, but we were really good friends. I would end up being on, on the phone with him till 2, 3 in the morning throughout high school. And I, you know, I kind of skipped all that. I kind of had this, this uh, three-way drama over these boys who professed their undying love to me. But And he was one of them. And so one night on a drunken stupor, I called him and he, he actually answered the phone. And I, 
had missed him because he he hadn't come to my daughter's funeral and, and I hadn't talked to him in years because he had a girlfriend who was highly jealous of me. And I was kind of mad at him and I wanted to tell him that I was mad at him, that he should have been there for me when my daughter died. And so I ended up walking to walking along the beach till I got to his house because when you live in a beach town, it's the quickest, easiest way to walk anywhere in the middle of the night drunk. <laughs> and uh, that's that's some, great. That's the highways right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to cross the highway a lot to go to school, but you know, I'm trying to keep out a lot of my derelict stuff. But I was kind of, I was a good girl that ended up in a bad girl kind of neighborhood that just just kind of got influenced by a lot of trouble but um basically this man mike um he worked at the hospital he was a cook and and he was one of my best friends in high school and i thought to myself you know here's a man who insists that he's always loved you who the heck else is ever going to love you more than him you know maybe this is the man that you should be with i'm back on this you know i need a man to fill my life because i'm unhappy and i'm lonely and i'm unfulfilled and, you know, I got daddy syndrome because I didn't have my daddy around and, and I'm just awkward. So, you know, this is the guy. And so he ends up moving in with me and um, and it's a good relationship. And I, I had to say in the beginning, I really didn't get any red flags. He was adopted. He was abused. Uh, he has a horrible story about being shot when he was young. His, his mom was a prostitute and the poor kid just had gone through a lot of hard things in life and I I guess in one way I felt broken and I knew he was broken and I felt like you know the two of us we just wanted to heal each other's brokenness we could be broken together and nobody was going to defeat us and uh eventually uh I I end up getting knocked up and again <laughs> and uh and we do get married and we both had a our favorite holiday, which for God's sake at this reason, I don't know why, uh, was ho still Halloween. I still loved Halloween. I just loved dressing up. I loved pretending. I loved acting. I loved playing with, you know, makeup and all that as an artist. So uh, we got married on Halloween in 1997, I think. I can't even remember. It's like I've had several different lives and none of them really match up. <laughs> but so we get married in 1998 and uh basically um i'm thrilled that i'm pregnant even though i, I probably shouldn't be um I, I ended up getting kicked out of nursing school because uh I, this is when i found weed uh <laughs> and this is when i found pot and, and it was a bizarre thing. I, I, one of my friends who lived upstairs from me, she left another friend to watch over her apartment. And they were upstairs smoking weed. And they asked me to come up. And I was in a bad way. It was maybe six months after my daughter had passed away. I know I'm going back and forth. But the point is, is uh, I, I normally didn't smoke weed because it would make me really paranoid. And uh, I had sat there and I... I smoked with my friends and I just cried because for the first time in six months, I was just able to relax and let go. And I just cried in front of all these people. But Mike, my new husband, he was also a big smoker. And so 
it kind of perpetuated the habit into a daily habit, into a chronic habit, and a way to cope. And I kind of lived that way on forward. And uh, when I found out I um, was going to be tested in school, I did everything that I can to clean myself out for the month, but I was also on antidepressants and, and all other kinds of stuff. And I didn't get the chance to clean myself out. I had a straight A, other than math. Apothecary in math was really difficult. Um, I, I was a straight A student in LPN school, and they knocked my butt out after doing three rotations of clinical just right before I was supposed to start my hospital clinical. So, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant with my third child. I just got married to my high school stalker. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh i my mom used to work at at the milford hospital in medical records um my husband at the time used to work at the hospital he was doing tree work now and, and a lot of family so i'm like you know i'm gonna go try to get a job at the hospital i'll leave home care i'll get a good job and this will be good and trying to recover my mistakes from getting kicked out of nursing school and they hired me, and so I got the job, Even and they didn't know I was pregnant, thank God. And um, I worked um, as a secretary on the floor, and I also worked as a nurse's aide on the floor, and I, I learned a lot. Uh, point being is, is I uh, when it got later in my pregnancy, and I was kind of doing light duty, I was working the desks. I was uh, in my, my last trimester, was close to my due date. And I was supposed to go work on the desk, and I decided I'm going to go take a nap. And I'd clean the whole house and take a nap. And I have this vision, this dream. And I'm walking on this sandy beach with crystal white sand that just sparkles like diamonds everywhere. And the, and the water, it was like a lagoon. I always I describe it as being like uh, Gilligan's Island, <laughs> you know, but... But brighter and sparklier and, and the sky was super blue and the water was super blue and everything sparkled and I was walking along the beach and there's my my daughter Amanda and I go running up to her and I hug her and I can I can smell her I can feel the curls of her hair through my fingers I can taste her I can feel her lips and her warmth I'm like so clear as day like she was there Yes. And we're running and we're playing and we're laughing and kicking in the water. And all of a sudden I hear this baby crying. And there's this baby and she's screaming. It's screaming and screaming. And I'm like, where is this baby? And I start looking all along in the sand and I look down and I see this beautiful baby with, with golden hair and the brightest blue eyes I've ever seen. Like her eyes were so blue. They were as sparkly as the sky, as sparkly as that water. And that water I mean, it was like something magical I've never seen before. And I pick her up and I start holding her and I'm like, oh, look at this beautiful little girl. She's so beautiful. And I turn around to look for Amanda and I'm like, Amanda, and she's laughing and she's running through the water. And I'm like, Amanda, come see. And she's laughing and she's, she's just giggling and being silly little two-year-old. And she starts walking into the water. I'm like, no, Amanda, come here. And I start walking towards her to go after her. And I have this baby in my arms. 
and she kept going and Amanda kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into the water and I went and reached for her and I'm like no no come back and I kept getting deeper in the water and it was like right up to my chest and I have this baby in my arms and this baby is screaming and yelling and I'm deeper and deeper in the water and I'm crying and I'm screaming I'm like Amanda no come back come back and she's just waving to me and she's laughing and she's smiling and she just disappears into the water and I'm screaming and I'm crying and I wake up and I'm screaming wow. and I'm like no I could taste her I could touch her I could see her she was there she was there I was holding her and I, I look down and I'm I'm wet I'm waist deep wet after just having this dream this vision of being drenched in water Wow. And I, I stand up and water gushes out of me. And I went, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm 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 in labor. <laughs> my water broke. Oh wow. 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 And I'm crying and I don't know who to call and I don't know what to do. And I just had this vision and I'm like, oh my God, my daughter just gave me my baby. I'm having a little girl. <laughs> I'm having a little girl and, and I'm like I'm having a little girl and she's gonna have the brightest blue eyes I've ever seen and she's gonna have golden hair and, and the red rosy cheeks and she's gonna be the most beautiful little thing I've ever seen in my life and I don't know who to tell I don't know who's gonna believe me so I call my mom of course <laughs> I call my mom and I'm like yes my water broke yes I have to go to the hospital yes I have to call the doctor yes I have to call my husband but I need you to know I'm having a little girl Amanda is bringing Amanda is giving her to us it, it was almost like this moment of saying, you know, it's okay, mom, and, and you can, I'm not there, but, 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 you know, here, it, it, like a gift. She was a gift. Truly. And yeah, I go to the hospital, I have a baby, and she looked exactly the way I envisioned her. And, and I could put a picture somewhere for all you to see. She, I've never seen such blue eyes out of a baby we'd love and, to and put I was, it on the podcast page jenny if you have a picture i do i have a few things that i could show you some articles yeah. about the crash and things like that um, yeah send that to me and we'll put that on the godcast page okay so here i am i'm a mom for the fourth time <laughs> <laughs> um from from there i was really happy um but you know things with my husband had started to shift i started to notice things about him that were not so great he's got some hang-ups from childhood abuse and um he had some bad habits he had uh, racked up our phone bill on um you know phone porn and um basically uh we have a difficult run at it but we keep trying and in two in 1999 i end up pregnant again with with my actually my fourth yeah tori was my third uh nathan is my fourth so um so i had boy girl with with patrick and then i had girl boy with uh with Mike, which is just funny because my sister had the same thing. She had a girl, boy, boy, girl. <laughs> yeah. um, um, 
you know, uh, we end up moving. We really don't have a lot of money. Um, I, you know, my career wasn't really much of a career when I was always at home more with the kids. I never really wanted to leave the kids. And, and, and my husband felt like the whole world was on his shoulders. And at the same time, you know, this things that I'm kind of leaving out, which is kind of significant for me, but there's so much to tell. I'd want to make sure that you got some really good points. But, you know, my health, particularly since it started before Amanda passed, but it, it, it started to get worse after Amanda passed. And I would break out with these rashes and I would be itchy all over and I would get fatigued and I would have headaches and, and I had muscle aches and joint pain and, and not be able to concentrate. And then somewhere in there, I was finally diagnosed with ADD and, and I was on all kinds of, I, I've been seeing a counselor since I was 19 years old, essentially for depression and suicidal thoughts and in loneliness and anxiety and I've been on everything I've been on Paxil and, and Zoloft and you name it I've been on it I, I could talk about any of these medications with personal experience um and then around 2010 when I thought things were actually getting better um, you know, my husband and I would go back and forth. He was a little uh, mentally abusive. He was definitely sexually abusive. Uh, you know, he would leave notes around. He always felt that uh, my duty was to keep him happy and pleasurable regardless of what I wanted. <laughs> I just put it sweetly that way and kind of move on. Um, and, and so... Uh, by 2010, it was our anniversary, and he used to uh, do this haunted hayride thing where he would zip line from one end of the, one tree to another tree, and and we loved doing it, all of us, the kids, um, you know, we would hang out around fire barrels and, and scare people on this haunted hayride, and he was acting weird all night, and, and it was our anniversary, and so the next day, I woke up with this inclination that, you know, he was talking to somebody, and something's going on, and I find out, I go online, and I go to type onto his Facebook, and I can't get into his Facebook, he changed his password, so I'm like, go check his email, he didn't change the password on that, and I start looking at all these Facebook notifications he's got, and I realize that he's been talking to this girl that we went to high school with, um, that they were having, you know, dirty sex chatting back and forth. And I was devastated that he'd cheated on me. It, it was awful. My daughter happened to be home that day, and I just stood up and screamed out loud and, and lost my mind, and she saw me lose my mind. She saw me lose my mind. And he came, he came home, home from work, and, and I literally beat the crowd out of him. And I proceeded, and I proceeded to, to post every, every single one of these letters that, that had gone back, gone back and forth between me and this girl on Facebook, which was awful in hindsight, but I was really bitter and nasty. And this was my best friend from high school, and I had put up so much of him, and it just, I was done. Yeah. Yeah.
Um, um, I'm getting, I'm getting an echo from you. Are you hearing that? I'm I'm hearing it. I don't I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> there's there's two of you. you. Use better one, right? Um, I think that might be good. I have a question actually for you. Yeah, yeah. Where you're at in your story yet? But um, um, when you're at Bard's Fest, did you get baptized at Bard's Fest? I did. Um, I don't know. You guys want me to come back in and out? I, this echo was awful. Yeah, try going out and come back in. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so. Oh, oh no, no. There it is. You know. Of course, when it gets to the baptism part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course. Because yeah. that was a big story in itself. And, and that's, that's where, where I, I wanted, wanted to get to. Get to. Um, basically, basically, the short, the short of the story is, is I got divorced. divorced. I, I, I found really I, I, I don't know what to do. This echo is killing me. Maybe maybe, maybe someone needs to mute. Is it echoing off of somebody else's phone? In the name of Jesus, we just pray against this technology problem that is to be gone in the name of Jesus. This story is to be shared, and so we're not going <laughs> to give up. In the name of Jesus and his authority, we pray over this podcast right now. Jesus name. Amen. You know, I was I'm mindful of the speaker because if you have an object in front of your speaker, it bounces off the object back into the speaker. So sometimes if you have other people who are on live, it, it could be bouncing off of your speaker. Who knows? It could well, be God my... showed up because you're great now. So, all, right, so. all right. Well, well no, now, no, now I still hear it. So anyways, um, I, I end up divorced. It was a big, nasty divorce. I, uh, get my own apartment. Um, I meet Billy, who's joy of my life. Um, and for the first time in my life, I have Billy, and um, he—he's not like any relationship I ever had. He lets me be me. He loves me for me. Uh, we we kind of went through a breakup for a little while, but I think that was basically to prove something to me because I was always looking on the outside. For somebody to fulfill something in which I had to fulfill within me. So before I get to the baptism part, this is what I'm leading up to. Is where basically I had gone through years and years of these health issues and these chronic pains. And I was endlessly, endlessly seeking a diagnosis. From, from the time I was in my 20s, um, I was always in medical books. Always looking for solutions. Always running out. I trusted the medical system. I wanted the system to heal me and I wanted them to give me a diagnosis to tell me what was wrong with me so that I can fix it and, and, and in 2007 I hurt my back I went on a workman's comp case while lifting a, a hospice patient I had hurt my back and that kind of kick-started things um, I, I, I ended up getting diagnosed with fibromyalgia and um, uh, chronic pain issues, uh, you know, the IBS, the, you know, all these different symptoms. That, and, and I was trying to apply for disability 
uh, I couldn't work a full-time job and manage, but at the same time, I wasn't sick enough to be, you know, considered not useful. And uh, I was doing really, really poorly. And it was uh, 2019. And uh, basically, uh, I had gone in for an MRI on my head. And I kept getting this infection where my eye kept swelling up and I had these big cysts on my forehead and I couldn't get the dermatologist to listen to me or believe me. And I've been fighting with this my whole life. I, I, I've been basically saying that I had parasites my whole life and I had doctors throw me out of my, their office, laugh at me and tell me, Jennifer, there's nothing organically wrong with you, you know, and, and there's nothing that we could do for you. And, and so I had gone to have this MRI in my head and I go to have the appointment and he looks right at me and he says, well, you have a cyst on your pineal gland and there's a, a large soft tissue mass in your head. It's in your sinuses. It's, it's, it's under the skin. It's not cranial, but it's, it's a soft tissue mass. And I'm like, well, what is it? And you're like, well, we don't know. And I'm like, so this is what's making me sick. This is why I have vertigo. This is why I can't eat. This is why I lost 100 pounds. This is why I am practically bedridden and on massive amounts of painkillers. And he goes, no, 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 it has nothing to do with it. And I said, how do you know it has nothing to do with it if you don't even know what it is? And he goes, well, we can always revisit it in a couple of years, do another MRI, see where it is at. And I'm like, what does that mean? And why are you telling me I have a cyst in my pineal gland and I've had it since my last MRI, but you don't even you know why? And, and you tell me that it's not affecting me physically? You, I, I, no way. And this was during COVID and it was scary because every, this was Yale New Haven, which is constantly busy. There's always tons of patients, tons of people glamoring all around. And yet I'm there in the middle of New Haven and it was like a ghost town. And so you have all these frightening things about what is happening with the world and, you know, like we're in the apocalypse, you know, the world is falling down. My, my son is like red pilling me on QAnon and, and I'm starting to wake up to like uh, being a liberal. It was stupid because <laughs> I was <laughs> and, and really turning into that way into politics and just my eyes are waking up in so many ways and I go home and I just, I'm like, I'm done, God. I'm done. I'm sick of doctors telling me that they don't know what's wrong with me. And that when I ask them and tell them what is happening with me, that they dismiss it, that they laugh at me, that they send me to mental health facilities because I mentioned the word parasites or tell them that I've pulled things out of my skin that are just not normal because I've brought samples to show them, to prove to them that it's weird. And in, in this particular time I had gone back to my primary I'm going back and I'm like slamming at the doctors awful and and they're just rejecting me telling me you know oh you have a staph infection well go soak your head in bleach and I'm like you're you kidding me right um and I just got on my knees and and I just like god I'm done you know I, I guess I've always been done I, I've never been able to tolerate I'm like so sick of this world I'm so sick of being in this body I don't belong here I don't want to be here I'm just so done and I'm not going to sit here and watch my family have to take care of me I'm not going to sit here in life and, and not you know not be able to to go camping with the Girl Scouts because I want to go camping or to go work as 
in healthcare and help others because that's what I want to do, but my body won't let me do it. I don't want to become a burden upon this freaking world, God. And, and I know I promised you that I would never try to do it again, but just take me, God. Just put me out of my misery and take me already. And at that moment, I kid you not, and, it, and it's very bizarre because I, I kind of had this stupid app on my phone. It, it was this ghost app, and, and, and when my father had passed away, I kind of used to put it on and just watch the words that would pop on. And it's just a random word generator, but every once in a while it would pop up these really weird words. And and so basically, you know, in the time of 2020 and rabbit holes, I would take some of these words and combine them with other words and start doing these word searches keep that in mind while I finish this. And what I'm saying is I, I sat there with God and I prayed and just begged him to take me. And he said, no. And I'm like, please, God, no, just please. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to live in suffering. I want to be useful. And I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to let anybody take care of me because I'm too stubborn. And God said, no, I'm going to heal you. You're going to heal yourself and you are going to heal others. I'm like, it's just, no, no. And as I was doing this and crying, I had the stupid phone on and these words, these random words would pop up that just had such significance for me. And I, I started to do this search online and, and I went to this website and it, blocked me out and it said it was like a 404 or something or like you know it's got viruses and if you go on it, it it's going to be bad and I'm like you know what what did you learn Miss Rabbit Hole I'm like that that a virus is just another way for them to pretend that you, you know they don't want you to see this information and so I went on my computer opened it up again and found this website that said educate yourself.org or something like that and in this website I find this whole part on parasites in this book by Dr. Holda Clark. And in the first page of this book, it says, clear as day, all disease comes from toxins and parasites. And then from there, the whole entire book starts talking again about how parasites are the cause of, of just about everything. And, I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm right. Oh my God, I'm right. I've always been right. And this is what God's trying to tell you that you're going to heal yourself and I'm going to heal you because you've always been right. And you've been looking from everybody else. You've been looking to fulfill yourself that whole, that, that diagnosis from everybody, but you've never trusted yourself. And this was my way of feeling like God was sending me in the direction that he wanted me to go. And, th and this went on for, for like almost two to three weeks where I was hiding in my house on my computer, going down these weird rabbit holes of just finding answers to the things that I knew that was happening within me. And so at that time, um, Billy had, a, Billy, my husband now, he had, he had a, uh, a friend who was doing um, work with the church and he would often go around giving out Bibles, bringing people to Christ, renewing their, their faith in Christ. And I told Billy, I'm like, why don't you invite him over? And um, Billy's dad had passed away. This was in 2021. 
and I'd already been listening um, to, to bards and and everything. Um, and and his, his friend Gary came over, and and he sat down with us, and he showed us the scripture. He asked us, you know, what 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 do you think gets you into heaven? And he explained to me out of that and I'm like, oh I don't know, being being a good person, doing well for others, you know, keeping the Ten Commandments and 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 he reminded me that it that it was Christ, that only through Christ. And I'm like, and you know, have you given your life to Christ? Do you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I'm like, well I do and I have and I always have. But he sat and he prayed with us and he showed us these verses and I just cried and 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 it it brought me and Billy at that point where we were starting a new beginning. And even though I knew that I was already on this journey with God, that he was bringing me to healing and understanding that this was going to change everything. And this was my reasoning on uh, Bard's Fester Bust. And Bard's Fester Bust was because all you were so supportive and so loving while I was going through my own little mini nervous breakdown. Yes. <laughs> and where I didn't know where I was going I knew God was with me I knew he was guiding me but half the time I thought maybe I was insane and and going down the wrong rabbit holes I mean I was doing crystals and I had always really been into the medium thing and you know I was kind of falling all in that way especially when I was getting into the herbals and learning about herbs you kind of start getting into this like kind of witchy area and, and I know I had a lot to still work through. And so I, I, my car was broken. I, I fixed it myself. I changed the, the uh, exhaust fan myself. <laughs> and I said, you know, the day I left for Bart's Best, I, my car started overheating. I put a little more antifreeze in it. And I said, well, you know, it probably just didn't fill it up all the way. <laughs> and, and I said, it's, it's do or die. God, if you want me to go, we're going. And I hopped on the road. And 20 hours later, I made it to Missouri. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, I remember nice. that. Nice. By the grace of God, uh, one note, Marion had let me stay in her room. And I had let everybody know while I was there that at this point, my importance was that I, I really, really wanted to get baptized. That I knew that Bart's Fest was going to be the biggest spiritual connection with all you that I've fallen in love with and, and felt such support and, and, and grace from. I wanted to get baptized and I saw doc, uh, Dr. Um, Pastor Locke. And he let me know that he doesn't travel with a trough. And it was kind of like a kick in the teeth. And I, I walked away from him crying, even though it's not that he was really rude. It's just, you know, I was kind of let down and heartbroken. And so uh, Marion and um, you know, one note and, and boiler man, uh, Jason, found uh, a guy giving uh, baptisms at the Babies Are Us in the next parking lot over. And so while Mike Lindell was giving his speech, uh, I went with Marion and we walked over and we got baptized. Awesome. And, and even Marion can tell you about it. I, I, I immediately got in there, it got dunked and came up feeling like a whole new person. Of course, it was really hot that day, so that cold water did feel pretty good. <laughs> but, but as I stepped out, and I'm almost done, as I stepped out, uh, 
there was this woman and she was wearing all white she was elderly and she was sitting uh, you know older and she was sitting in a wheelchair and they had lifted her in this beautiful white dress and this beautiful white hat out of her chair and lifted her into the trough and at that moment i just started bawling because you know they, they handled her with such care and it was you knew that you know this is what she wanted and she was giving herself to jesus and and it just overwhelmed me and i just started crying and the pastor his name was kent henry came right up to me laid his hands on me started hugging me and marion and just start going that you know that god is with you and god is working through you and 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 he i can't remember every word he said but a few things that he said to me that i'll never forget was he's going you've been praying and you've been asking God heal me and you've been asking why have you not healed me and deliver me from all this pain and all this, this anxiety and depression and and he says you 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 pray to God he goes to free you from this cage and I do and it was like a nightly thing to free me from this cage that is my body oh Lord and he said those exact words and he says and and I would say to God all the time and I'm like just rip the band-aid off let's go and he literally this Kent Henry literally said to me, God's been slowly peeling off this band-aid and he's about to rip it off and you are about wow. to do really amazing things. And it was truly another most profound moment of my life. That's and, awesome. and so from that first step where I renewed my faith in Christ with, with Billy's friend, Gary, to, to Bard's Fest, um, to planning this relocation here to Tennessee and finding this this need to want to heal others with what I'm learning about healing myself I feel has been my my drive by God and and I know we only have a couple of minutes but to, to top it all off to sum it all up this big bad mess of a story that probably doesn't make any sense um <laughs> is that I felt very broken and alone and the only way even even my biggest love in my life my husband now billy was not enough to fulfill that that i had to learn number one that that had to be fulfilled by myself that no matter who i brought into my life they were not going to fill it i had to find it in myself to fill and then ultimately realizing that that you know I know this sounds stupid, but realizing God is my father. God is my father. And what I've yes. been missing out of my life is that relationship of knowing that he is always there and that you are never alone. And it made me look back on my childhood and all those moments of trauma where I felt alone and felt abandoned and realized that he was always there, but I was always seeking something different to fulfill it. Yes. And, and, and that was the amazement of it. And that's what I've learned over the past few years and, and for the past six weeks it's been a struggle i've been in a lot of pain and i've been doubting myself and, and i've even gotten a little you know wisey with god you know like yeah okay god uh-huh you know? yeah we all do we because come to you that go through those experience. moments and it's when you go through when you're in pain whether it's mental pain or physical pain it, it is a narrow gate. It's tough to endure. It's always hard to keep above it. And what happens is if you get sucked into it, it does bring you back down to the bottom. 
for sure. And so you always have to keep your head uh, above water and you always have to keep your eyes on God, even when you're feeling irritable and cranky about it. So, I mean, there's been days where I, I haven't want to talk to anybody and then I ignore phone calls or I don't even want to go on the podcast because I feel like I'm just too grumpy to even talk to anybody. And then there's days where I'll sit there and I'll pray about it and I'll just come on and I'll automatically hear like all week from Duncan, all week out of his mouth. Yeah. Anxiety, right? Yeah. All week out of his mouth, all the words everything that he was praying about, everything in listening um, to the reruns on Bards had brought me back to this, this place of, of knowing where I'm at again. Because you do get off track and you feel like maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to or maybe I um, am not getting healthier. Maybe I'm not getting better. You know, maybe I should go to a doctor's. Maybe I should go back on my medication. It's like, oh, God forbid, who are you? You know? Wow. Thank you, Jenny. You're welcome. Jenny, beautiful testimony. I got kicked out, I think, 20 times. But we kept going, right? You just you kept going. <laughs> um, that's, the, that's the thing to learn from it, right? It's, it's just, it, it is all just weird, isn't it? God does work in very unusual ways. And I've really learned that his timing is absolutely everything. Yeah, there's no way that God was not going to let that come out tonight. Um, <laughs> one of the best, and I want to share this with you, Jenny Lynn, the best comment that I've seen in chat tonight was from Kit Kit Kat, and Kit Kat had chatted in, and this is when we were talking about Amanda, that he takes what the enemy meant for evil, and he turns it for good. Think of the lives that you and Amanda saved. Always. Yeah. Every every day. Um, thousands of car seats that I put in. I, I would do class. I was teaching classes. Um, I've, I have had people come back to me and tell me that they were in car crashes and that their children were perfectly fine after I put them in their car seats. Beautiful. And, and just... I was not going to let her die in vain. Most definitely. And you didn't. And we know that the Lord has her now. And one I day you guys will be together again. I've definitely known that since the day Tori was born. That's for sure. Since my, my second daughter, Tori, was born. I will never forget how real that vision was. And I will never call it something unreal it was truly spiritual awesome thank you so, so much for sharing it yes thank you jenny so for those that are listening if you like what god has done in jenny lynn's life and you want that in your life if you want to be saved you can do that tonight right here on the godcast i've opened up our call-ins don't hesitate go ahead and call in now and we can get that handled this very moment while we're waiting, I'm going to read Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you've not called in or you're listening to this recording of the Godcast, 
is very easy. You can do this yourself. Simply confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that you believe he died for your sins on the cross and that God raised him from the dead. And if you truly believe that in your heart, then you are saved. It's that easy. We also have a prayer of surrender on our Telegram page at This Is An Official Godcast on Telegram. You can find our prayer of surrender. You could repeat that as well. You can also find Romans 10, 9 through 10 there. Thank you. Punky, you still with us? Oh, yeah, she's here. <laughs> you know, I thought that was right. my she's microphone. Here. As soon as I unmuted, I heard that. No. <laughs> Wonderful, beautiful, great news. Punky is going to come back again. That'll be your third time, won't it? Yeah. Yes, third time. Punky's going to come back one more time. She's going to give her testimony here on this is an official Godcast. We haven't set a date up. It'll be this summer, but don't you worry. She'll be back here one more time at least and possibly some other times as well. So that's a good thing. Oh, the 21st, she'll be here co-hosting because I won't be there. Oh, yeah. So she's actually going to be back a fourth time. Yes. That's April 21st? Yes. Okay. April 21st, Punky will be back here for Jack Tard will be giving his testimony that night. So, And then we'll have her back for her testimony. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, announcements one more time real quick. Next week, we're going to have Wade Remington. Awesome, awesome. And then uh, the weeks following that, a couple of Mary's friends from the ranch, uh, Gwen Besser and Paulette Anderson. And these are huge stories that you're not going to want to mess uh, miss. These are just incredible testimonies that you definitely want to be back here for. And then, of course, tonight, Conley's going on right now. Bards FM, Kilted Christian, Fishers of Men. Uh, stay right here on Podbeam all night. And then Mary's going to close us out in prayer. Yes. Lord, I just want to thank you for Jenny. Thank you that um, that you just you showed up tonight, you know, and that we we really depended upon you on getting through this testimony despite all the things that the enemy wanted to do. So we just thank you for that, Lord, and thank you for all the things that you have done in Jenny's life, and that you've been for there for her the whole time, and so. We're just so happy that she was able to share that tonight. And so we just pray for anything that um, she said tonight that um, it would just go out to whoever needs to hear it to increase their relationship with you or to get to know you. So thank you for that, Lord. And we also want to lift up a few people who have um, chatted out a couple of prayer requests. And one is for living she has an unspoken prayer request so we just lift that up to you lord and we pray in agreement for your will in whatever challenge or whatever thing that she's lifting up to you lord you know it so we just pray in agreement with that in the name of jesus we pray that your will would be done lord and tam and laura lee had sent a, a prayer request in and this has to do with the, i think it's a friend laura um, her name is Amy, and she's a quadriplegic, and she's dealing with colon cancer, and she's going into hospice. And um, she's there's a number of challenges that surrounding this family. She apparently has MS since she was little, and her dad has Alzheimer's. He's 77, and then there's Avern who is um, supporting the family, 
and um, setting up the hospice for Amy. So we just lift up Amy, her dad, and Vern to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray healing, pray healing into all of their lives right now, Lord. We pray for peace over Amy as she's, you know, maybe entering the, the last part of her life, but you know, Lord, you, you're, our days are numbered by you. And so we're not going to limit you. And so whatever your will is, Lord, we just pray in agreement with that. We pray a complete healing over her if it's your will, Lord. And we pray for over her dad's mind. We pray for the mind of Christ over her dad and for Vern to give him strength and courage as he stands in the gap for this family. And thank you for Tans for putting that forward to us, Lord. And I just want to thank you for um, everything that was shared tonight, Lord. It's, you know, it's pretty amazing. You know, I think of the people that we get to know through this, and um, we just want to give you all the glory in it. And we pray for anybody who's listening right now who, who wants to know Jesus, who wants to know that peace that passes all understanding. We pray that you will wrestle with God this week. He's there for you. And so we lift all of this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. It was beautiful, as always. Jenny, thank you so much again for coming on this is official Godcast, sharing your testimony. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You are it. a blessing. I, I hope I didn't derail it too badly. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, we could take that spiritual wealth uh, warfare. We can go right to war right back and, and look who wins. <laughs> Absolutely. God wins in the end every time. Yes. Absolutely. Right. I did a lot of praying on it. And, and I, I told God, there's no point in me doing this if, if it doesn't end up being all glory to you. Because that's, that's right. the point, right? That's right. Yeah. I'm so really thank happy. you so much, Jen. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Um, Jenny, if you haven't noticed in chat, there's just a lot of love here for you. Um, everybody loves and um, respects and admires you so much um, for everything that you've been through. And you've kept your. You've kept your eye on a cross the whole time. Um, I'm trying, you know. And your story's not done, yeah. Yeah, I go I go through those down moments. I, I go through those moments where I really wish I had more discernment. You know, I get worried that I'm not listening. And I, I just got to sit back and not let myself go back into that old frame of mind. And know and don't forget that you've got friends and family and those that love you here. You always got somebody to lean on right here on Bars Nation. Well, you know, and that, that's that's why I wanted to do this, because you guys, all of you, all of Bards Nation means so much to me. And it, it really did help me lift me up out of a time that I was feeling very unsteady. And I had always felt outcasted and, and, and rejected in some type of way, whether it was my yeah. own mental well-being or, or somebody else. But the, the point is, is that everybody has has just given me such love and such acceptance that it's, it really helped me with my self-esteem and my sense of self and, and being able to just accept myself for who I am, knowing that I am loved just the way I am. And that's yes. been probably the hardest part of my entire life is just thinking that I'm unworthy of everybody else's love 
because I'm a, a doof or a failure or a screw up or this or that. And, and I really feel like that's what God has been teaching me over the past couple of years yes. is, is that, you know, he makes me worthy and, and through him, I get closer and closer to, to loving myself because I know he loves me. Yes. Awesome. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We are going to uh, do it again next week. We'll see you at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Podbean. And until then, thank you for joining us at This Is An Official Godcast. Thanks, everybody. Good night, Jenny. Jesus, Jesus, greatest love I found. All about Jesus, Jesus, He turned my life around. He's my savior, He's my friend. Jesus, Jesus. When they ask me the meaning of living, I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna tell them when they ask me the secret of this joy that's overflowing. I'll tell them, I'm gonna tell them it's all about Jesus, Jesus, greatest love I found. All about Jesus, Jesus, He turned my life around. He's my savior. He's Jesus, this is good news, good news, good for you and me. This is good news, good news, come and believe. This is good news, good news, for you and me. Jesus, Jesus, it's all about Jesus, Jesus. Greatest love I found all about Jesus, Jesus. He turned my life around. Oh, he's my savior, he's my friend, Jesus, my Jesus. Let my whole life right to heaven, Jesus. Worthy of every song we could ever sing of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever
Lead me in your love. 
make that our last song since we're out on time thank you so much everyone for being here we love you we will see you next week good night good night love you